Welcome to the Dropship Podcast, where you'll learn how to build and grow a high-ticket dropshipping business and hear stories from successful e-commerce entrepreneurs. Let's kick this thing off. Hey, welcome to the Dropship Podcast. It's about doing a new intro. I'm tired of the hey, I don't know where I should do that. I'm just going to leave all that previous discussion on there. No, no, you yeah, should definitely no, take that out of no. there. Today, we want to talk about hiring a VA. John and I were arguing about this beforehand, and I said, let's just argue on camera. Uh, it's more fun that way. So the question I asked was, what is the one point we want to get across if we do this episode? And I'll ask you again, what is the one point we should get across? Uh, the one point I would want to get across at least is uh, don't sleep on this. Uh, like hire probably sooner than you think you need to is what I would say. And I say that because uh, I've coached a lot of people who have grown, built businesses that have, you know, been successful by most people's kind of reckoning. Uh, and usually what happens is that person builds their business, things start taking off, which means you get more customer service, you've got more orders going out, you've got, you know, a little bit more, you know, return customer service when, you know, customers asking questions and all this sort of thing. And I have, have had the conversation so many times, oh, I'm like basically created myself a job. Like my business is going great, but I'm answering the phone all day. Um, and if you get to that point, it's really hard to unpick that, right? Because at that point, you don't have the time to actually train somebody properly to do any of that. Um, you don't have the time to hire somebody properly. Uh, and it just feels um, really, really difficult. And I've seen people, they get to that point, they get stressed. If you get to that point as well, you're not doing anything else in your business. You're not sitting down there working out your SEO strategy. You're not doing managing things properly elsewhere in your to grow your business, right? And so that puts you actually in a fairly precarious position. You probably sit there and think, well, answering the customer is the most important thing I can do and blah, 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 and all of this sort of thing. And yes, it's very important, right? But you're not growing your business just by answering the phone. So who else can do it but me, John? I understand my yeah. products better than anybody. So there's a lot of fears here. That's one of them, right? Uh, is that people think that they're the expert. They're the only one who can do it. Your business is your baby, which it totally feels like that, right? Like you built this thing from the ground up and people worry, oh, if I bring somebody in, they're going to fuck it up or something like that. Um, and I mean, there is that potential there if you don't hire somebody properly, for sure. Right, we went which is which is why in Noosa. we went yeah. around the room in Noosa here, and your one of your fears is I'm afraid it's all going to go away tomorrow, right? And so I can imagine someone listening to this, and that's what I, I want to advocate for the person who has resistance here because I brought it up. John said the one thing I want to get across is hire before you think you need to, and I said that's fucking great. That's advice that everyone's heard, but still no one does it. And then you were like, well, I fucking did. <laughs> and so like I want to take that other side of like this is fucking scary when you built this thing. It took so much fucking work and a lot more mental hurdle work than it did you actually doing work. You can set up one of these businesses in a month. No fucking question. You're going to battle yourself the whole way. Then you think, oh, fuck, how could I ever pass this on? Think of the amount of work I'll have to do to train one of these people to answer all these questions. Will they do a good enough job? Will they close at the rate I close? Well, like there's a lot of fears there because all you know is what's got you to here. You have, you've had no time to step out of the business and worry about your SEO strategy or how you can make your ads better or how to do remarketing or how to write content or how to do any of that stuff, right? You've just been in the business day-to-day -day focused. Why isn't someone buying right now and how do I close them on the phone? And so if we're only talking phone here, that was my biggest fear. I don't even know all the answers. I'm, I'm saying, oh, that's Eric's department. Eric's not here right now. 
I'll tell you what, I'll talk to Eric and I'll get a call back to you just as soon as he's back from lunch. And then I'd go to Google and feverishly Google the answer to the question and then call back as if I talked to Eric because I didn't even know. So how do I expect someone who, you know, again, if we're talking VAs, which I fucking hate that term, by the way, that's sure. somebody yeah. not paid well. They're paid semi-well for their country, but not paid great money either. And we're expecting them to do a job that I'm struggling to do. I can understand why people have a fear with that. Yeah, I mean, I would challenge a couple of things there. Like, why can't you pay them great money for their country? You, how much do you think great money is? Like, no, no, let's just go down here. I know you don't like hiring internationally, but paying great money to somebody in the Philippines, that's like 10 US dollars an hour. That's great money. That's not average money. Do you think that's great money, though? Or I wonder if that has changed over time with, you know, back in 2015, oh, yeah, 16, look, when we started. I'm, I'm just saying, 10 was we're, good. Not, we're not talking about $50 an hour, which might sure. be great money in the US. Like, sure. there's still a massive yeah. gap, right? It's a massive gap between great money in each 100. of those countries, right? I, I don't know what the number is. I mean, it, it's gonna, that's subjective, right? It's going to depend on the person you're talking to at any point in time and what they've earned before. Like somebody who's earned one US dollar an hour, 10 US dollars an hour is going to be fucking life-changing. Sure. It's going to pay for their kids to go to school, go to university, like literally it will, right? Um, and they might not have been able to afford to do that at all, right? Or it might be a bigger house or it might be more food, like whatever. Like that's literally the case and has been the case for a lot of people I know who have hired um, people over there. Um, Just doing the math, I do 10, you know, 10 times 40, whatever, 400 yeah. a week. I'll, I'll, I often hear 800 yeah. a month and I'm like, there's no way you're getting really quality talent at 800 yeah. a month. So here's, here's where I'll flip this a little bit about the whole, if I bring somebody on, how are they ever going to do it as well as me? In your life, before you started a high ticket dropshipping business, how many customer service jobs did you have? Where you were face to face for me. Yeah. So how the fuck do you think you you know how to do customer service? Are you enjoying the show? Are you getting loads of value? That's amazing. If you can do John and I one quick favor, hit the subscribe button, hit the follow button, leave a review. All of these things help us to reach more people, change more lives. And it's one small thing we ask of you. So again, hit that subscribe button, hit the follow button if you're on a podcast player and leave a review if you're on iTunes or if you're on Spotify. We appreciate it very, very much. Let me tell you, you didn't. And you probably were nowhere near the best customer service person in the world at that point. Even though you knew something about your products, that's not actually what customer service is. Customer service is the ability to empathize with another human being and find solutions, right? You can go and look up product data anywhere. You can say, I'm going to call you back in five minutes with the answer. Go and find it out. Call them back. That's fine, right? So your biggest hurdle with hiring somebody for customer service, and well, you know there are other things you can hire for as well. It's not just that. This is the one that comes up the most. I think this is the one that has the biggest impact is you're not actually looking for somebody who knows your products. Any, you learned that. Anybody starting one of these businesses is unlikely to be the smartest person in the world. If you learned it, another human being can learn it. You're not special. I love saying this. You're not a special butterfly, right? You're not. You might tell yourself that. Your mummy might have told you that, but you're really not. You're average, like the rest of us, like me, like you. Uh, and so if you did it, somebody else can do it. But once again... I recognized early on that I was actually not the best, that there probably were better people at customer service than me, right? Was it hard to take that step? Yeah, it was. It was challenging, right? Um, and, but I was right. I'm not the best person at customer service, as you can probably imagine, right? And so I went and I found somebody who was better at it than me. That was somebody who had done customer service every day of their life for the last 10 years, so do you think that in, in more challenging environments, I think the first person I hired for this who worked for me for like two years, she was a call center operator for a big telco. 
can you imagine the sort of phone calls she had to deal with every day politely with empathy like irate people constantly pissed off people constantly for a telco right the companies that have the highest amount of complaints out of any in fact are like telecommunications companies right and so she'd been doing that for 10 years and then she came and spoke to a few people a day about lights like knocked it out of the park because it was like ridiculously easy for her to do that and yes she had to learn about how the products were used and blah 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 but what that took a couple of months and then she was way better than i ever was so i think the assumption and the trap that people fall into when they build their own business is that they're actually good at any of it most i think the most successful business people in on the planet recognize that they're not and you can find any number of billionaires who will say my biggest skill is that i bring the right people together i find the best people and i put them in a room and i just stand the back and say hey guys here's the money fucking go for it so i see a lot of people reach this step right they're in my shoes they're in you know john's <laughs> very direct uh i only wish i had we talked we had a previous episode of what we like this is one thing i like about john he, again he gets back to first principles and doesn't let his bullshit get in the way so my bullshit got in the way but when you I've often seen it happen to me when you finally make that hire. That is a huge relief because if it's me, I've been thinking about this for months. I've been laying awake at night, stressing about something that's never even happened yet. I'm just freaking out about it. Right. And when you finally make the hire, you get a second to breathe and then you fuck it up because you don't actually go train this person. You hire them and you're like, finally, I did it. I got this off my plate, but you don't actually set that person up to win. So they might be good at customer service, but all that stuff that you thought you knew that was different, maybe you do know some of it, you didn't give that to them. You didn't teach them the values of your company so that they can express empathy in the way you express empathy. You didn't teach them to do the right thing the way you do the right thing. You didn't teach them about your products and the little nuances and the supplier opportunities you have that you can do a little better deal with this brand than you can do with this brand. And so I fell into that trap. One of the first tires I made, it was a complete failure because I did that. I was like, oh, I finally made the decision. This feels so good. And then I didn't train them. And it didn't work out so well, right? And so I would I would encourage the person listening to this, if you did take John's advice, and you should, and you jumped, right? And you jumped off the cliff that you spent lots of time training. I'll, I'll give you an example. Uh, our good friend, Kellen, he hired a call center. And he listened to every call for six months and every day provided them feedback on how they could do better. Are you willing to do that to get that off your plate? Are you willing to work twice as hard for a short period of time so that you can work 0% hard after that, right? And put somebody in a position to, to, to pass that. But I, man, there's so much resistance still to this day of, of the way you're expressing this, even though you're breaking it down to first principles. I know I can't be the only one listening to this who's sitting here going, yeah, John, that all sounds good. But, but, but like, here's a good one. When we, uh, we kind of talked about this a little bit at the live event in Noosa, Australia, and someone said they know they need to hire and they knew it would only be about $800 a month for them to make this hire. But what do I do with all of their time when they're not answering phone calls? And we both had some opinions on this. And, and I think we both came from a mindset perspective on that because I think people are listening. They're like, cool, yeah, yeah, I should hire, but I only get a couple of calls a day and maybe I get 10 calls the next day. And I don't think I'm quite ready for someone full time. What can I get them to do otherwise? I thought you had a really good response to this. So do you remember the advice you gave to that? My advice was, you know, what is this costing you to get off of your plate? What is your time worth? Well, yeah, I think that's that's where I went was like, I, I think I asked the room, can anybody in here quantify what an hour of their time is worth to them? Now, most people who are at the start of the journey, certainly, and even some people who are later in the journey will blank on that. 
they'll just be like, oh, I don't know. Maybe they'll go back to whatever they were paid in their last job or something like that, their hourly rate. I know you can say exactly what an hour of your time is worth. I, I know what I would say to that as well. And it's not a low number compared to what most people would probably go to, right? It's a reasonably high number because I know what I can do with an hour of my time. Now, let's say an hour of my time's worth 500 US dollars, right? So, and I can pay somebody $100, or let, let's even say uh, $300 a week to take a few hours of my time that I might spend answering calls off my plate. So I get three hours a week back, which to me is worth $1,500. If that person saves me those three hours, I don't give a fuck what they're doing with the rest of their time. I don't give a, I don't care if I'm paying them for 40 hours. They're getting me three hours back and there's way more value in that than what I'm paying them. Now, yes, I'm, I'm not going to like hire somebody and say, well, I'm going to pay you for 40 hours a week, but you just work three and just do whatever you want for 40 hours. I'm going to try and fill up that time. I'm going to come up with some other things they could do. You know, they could manage my fulfillment process. You know, they could place orders with suppliers and deal with that. They might, they could call all of my customers, you know, like post-purchase, make sure they're happy, seek out reviews. There's a whole bunch of stuff you could get that person to do, right? But am I going to obsess over like, oh my God, they're not doing something for one hour of the week. Like their time's not filled. No, I'm not going to obsess about that. And that shouldn't be a barrier to doing it either. Like it really doesn't matter. Focus on the benefit to your business of you not doing that thing. That's the num- That's the goal of outsourcing because at some point you become the biggest road bump in your business. This happens to everybody when you start off by yourself. And I'll tell you right now, if you've got dreams of building like an eight figure business, and I'd say even less than that, you will not do it by yourself. You will not do it by yourself. So if if you're like, oh, I'm just going to do this. I'm going to make $10 million a year. You can't. How big was your team in a business that got to that size? Yeah, Uh, we had almost 20 people at that point. Yeah, right. So this is why I say if if that's your dream, if you want to be up there, even mid seven figures or something like that, you've got to do this. This like business is about solving problems. And at each level, there are just new problems. So when you're first starting out, your problem is building your business. It's getting suppliers. It's learning how to run ads. It's learning SEO. This is just another problem that you have to solve. And yes, it's going to be uncomfortable and all of that, but you've got to get used to uncomfortability uh, because that's where the best outcomes lie. Um, And I want to say as well, like we're, we're talking a lot about customer service, which is definitely, I think, the most kind of um, challenging slash demanding. It requires the most preparation to do it well out of all the things you could probably outsource in a high ticket dropshipping business. But you don't have to start there. Like you can kind of cut your teeth with like hiring somebody to do product uploads for you. I think that's a really easy no brainer, right? If a couple of things go wrong with that, you just fix it. It's not a big deal. It doesn't have any real impact on your business. Um, and so that's a great place to start. Most people are going to go get a bunch of suppliers and have. maybe a couple of hundred products to upload or or maybe even more than that. Uh, And it's time consuming and it's annoying, but you can get that done for a really low amount of money, right? Cut your teeth on that. Get used to hiring somebody to do that task. Get used to putting together some simple instructions for them about how they should go about doing that. That's the big one. You know, and I think after you do that, you'll probably be like, oh yeah, you know, this, this was okay. Yeah, they didn't get it right, but I can see that, you know, I could train them to like do it better the next time and that sort of thing. That's what's going to happen with customer service. You're going to have a couple of 
instances with somebody where maybe they don't have the conversation the best way they could, or maybe they miss a sale. Well, guess what? There's always more customers. There is always more money. What's important is that they improve. And if you're making improvements, then you're going to get to the point where they're doing the best possible outcome. Look, I got to touch back on the, on the phone call one, because you made one more point live in person that I thought was oh, okay. really important. Yeah. They were the person in the room was stressing. What do I get to fill the rest of their time? What are they going to do when they're down? And you you framed it as right now this person is framing this as when they're not answering calls they're losing me money, and that's just not the case, right? When when you frame it in, I'm paying for this amount of time. They're going to fill up as much time as that is possible. They don't need to go do 14 other tasks in the business just to make sure that they're maximizing every minute. They're getting me back this time where I can go make a greater impact. And I thought that was a really great way to frame it. Just the, the scarcity thinking around that. Uh, look, I struggle with this too. If you're watching this and you're resonating more with me, I get it because I, I went through all of this. And so I appreciate John's no nonsense, just like talking to you, but that's the truth. Like you can't do everything in your business. And for a long time, you have to do everything in your business. So you, you, you shift into this, this must be the way, but you probably heard this before. You're, you're zero to 1 million is completely different than 1 million to 10 million. And that's the, like the process somewhere. There might not be 1 million for you, but you have to switch from doing everything to hiring great people to do everything and you focusing on how to grow your business. And it's hard. It's really fucking hard. Yeah. Yeah. Literally, I've seen it a few times. If you're still answering the phones yourself and you're doing $3 million a year in revenue, you're answering the phones and dealing with customers about 40 hours a week. If not more, yeah. So if that's what, like you could do that for sure. But let me tell you, it's going to get unfun real quick um and you're getting paid well you're probably taking home yeah you're close taking, to a half a million yeah, dollars yeah. at that point yes that's, that's a fun time right but that's maybe not the 40 hour a week half a million dollar a year job that you're thinking of and i know there's people listening to this who haven't started at all and they're like i would fucking do that in a heartbeat great get yeah. there fucking go get there because you can get there that's the yeah. beauty of this business model but if you ever want to go further or you simply want to instead of making a half a million you make 300k a year but now you're not stressed out of your fucking mind, not seeing your children, not spending time with your spouse. You have to hire. You have to. Dude, I struggled with this for so long. Like, so fucking long. I pushed against it in our partnership in that big company. I pushed for so long because one of the partners was on the phone. And I fought it. And I fought it. And they overrode me. And they were just like, we're going to, what? Well, of course we're going to do this. And then it became addicting. Like, once we train someone. Again, you, I can't stress enough train oh, someone. Absolutely. Whatever it is. A product uploading. I have a, a whole entire spreadsheet of, like, brand Here's what I want the title to say. Here's the keyword I want to hit. Here's the meta tags I need. Here's all of the stuff I need in here. Here's the different resources you can find on these products. I have to take time to set them up to win. Same with customer service. You have to sit with them and you have to help them be the best that they could possibly be if you want this to work out. But once they work out, when you have somebody where you can just say something, here's what I want done, and then it goes and gets done and you didn't have to do anything, that is the most addictive feeling I've had in my life. And believe me, I used to smoke cigarettes. I used to drink a whole lot. Like it's very similar to that. Oh, it feels very good. It is a huge dopamine hit to Absolutely. watch stuff get done in your business while you're sitting back focusing on what's going to get done, not how it's going to get done. Yeah. And um, I think, you know, if, if we look at the reasons that people say to us why they're looking to get into this business model. I mean, as you would imagine, we talk to a lot of people who are interested in starting an online business. What is the number one reason they say? Still, always has been for me, and it was part of my reason in the beginning as well, is they want to get back control of their time. They want to be able to choose to spend time how they want to, 
right? Or where they want to, or with who they want to, or whatever version of it that is. It's not really ever about the number one thing about money for most people, to be honest. And so like if that's if that's the if that's what you're trying to solve in your life, it doesn't make sense to just like disrespect your time in the way of just creating yourself another job. Like surely for most people, I think that would actually be worth an amount of money to not have that be the case. Right. So I would once again, I mean, if you feel resistance to doing this, like look back at why you're doing it in the first place. You know, and if your why was that I want to be more in control of my time and my life, then um, I would say use that to drive you towards finding this solution in your business so that you remain in control of your time and you respect the why you actually got into this in the first place. There's so much resistance still here. I love that I'm sitting here and you're coaching me while we're on this podcast because <laughs> I still feel it. I still feel the resistance to the control issues that I definitely sure. have, to the perfectionism that I definitely have. And there might be some like fear of the unknown in there too. Like, how will this work out? Who knows? It'll probably work out well. I'm probably a little fearful of the work because it's not like you don't just push the button you hired and it's off your plate. Like I said before, you got to train this person and train them really, really well. If you want them to perform for you, you have to also kind of be a therapist. I've found when you're a business owner, right? You uh, you're managing a lot of personalities and that has its own. It's a very different stress, but it's a stress too. And so, Man, I can feel all this boiling up. I know there's people listening to this. If you're listening to this and this is boiling up for you, leave a comment on YouTube too. Tell me how this is making you feel in your business or when you're thinking about growing one of these businesses. I want to see what everyone else is thinking because you seem so relaxed about this and I definitely still have it. After all these years, I still have this like built up inside of me, which is crazy. Dude, man, I was nervous about it. The first time I did, like, I'm, obviously that, that was for me, that was quite a while ago, right? And yeah, I was nervous. It was challenging. I don't want to... Uh, like brush over that with what I'm saying now, 10 years down the or nearly 10 years down the track from when I started doing this sort of outsourcing and hiring people to do things. Uh, yeah, it was challenging at the time for sure. But like I said before, I mean, you've just got to get past that. You've got to take that leap, take that plunge and realize that honestly, you're probably going to make a bad hire. Every business out there, the best businesses make bad hires. It's never fatal. It's not going to be the end of your business. Yeah, it's going to be a bit of an inconvenience for you. It's going to slow, it might slow you down a little bit because you're going to have to go back and find somebody else and go through that training process again. Um, so yeah, you want to like minimize the chance of that happening by having good processes and planning ahead and putting together, you know, SOPs and instructional videos and all this sort of thing. But at the same time, like if, th if that happens, it's okay. Like, you miss, a, like I said, you miss a couple of customers. So what? I'll tell you right now, you're probably missing them anyway, because I'll go back to what I said. There's very few people I know that start a high ticket dropshipping business who are already an expert at customer service. No doubt there are some, you know, that's their background. That's the thing they're a rock star at in life. But most people, like 90 plus percent of people, that's not the case. So like, I, I just, I like to bring it back to that. Just it's really important to recognize you're not actually the best, but you can get the best in your business. And it actually doesn't necessarily cost as much as you think it might. Yeah, I've definitely made some bad hires myself. So, so I, know, I think I like you that, say, yeah. fuck around and find out. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Look, uh, we talked a lot about customer service because I think that is, if you've ever heard of the book, The One Thing, the whole premise of the book is what is the one thing such by which doing it would make everything else you're doing 
easier or unnecessary. And that is clearly the one thing for a lot of people at a very early stage in your business. When you're 20, 30, 40K a, a month in sales, you're right at that point where you should pull this trigger and that's the one thing you should do. But there's other places that you can, you know, this question obviously says VA. I fucking hate the term VA. I don't get it. But like, there's other places you can hire help in your business, right? And so you mentioned one product uploading. Are there other places you have seen have moved the needle in your business as you're working your way up that can help you along the way? I think product uploading is the simplest one. I've got a girl. I don't know if she listens to this. Shout out to Rose if she does. I think I have recommended her to two dozen people at this point. She charges whatever, four and a half dollars an hour, something like that, does a wonderful job, understands my systems, understands SEO. I've trained her very, very well. And so she's very good at what she does. But where else have you hired people in your business? Because I'm, I'm struggling to think, you know, we, we hired uploaders, we hired customer service, then we hired someone to uh, process the orders, then we hired somebody on the front end customer service and the back end customer service. Then we got our own warehouse and hired somebody to work in the warehouse. Uh, then we brought in a uh, Google ads person at that point in-house again, not an agency. And then we moved to more customer service. I think we had four different customer service people at that point because we had so much inbound coming in. And then right as I was leaving the company, we brought in a product sourcer who was helping us source all sorts of stuff like that. Uh, and they exploded. They doubled the team when I left. So that, if that doesn't tell you how apprehensive I was to hiring, they doubled the fucking team when I, when I left the company. So uh, there, where else have you seen this, John? You know, the big thing you didn't mention, Content. Content, yeah. Yeah, I forgot all that, about that. That's probably the biggest one that you, I, I agree with all of those things. Those are all definitely things I, I would have said. Uh, but content is the big one. You know, we're talking a lot on this show about how SEO, um, organic traffic, we're going to talk about the future, like the role that content will play in the future, which, uh, spoilers, it's more content probably, mm. um, is going to be super important. It's super important to your customer journey. It's super important to your email marketing, your retargeting. Um, so you need to do content. Most people are not good at producing content. And yeah, somebody's going to be out there going, yeah, yeah, but you can just get chat GPT to write your 50 blog articles tomorrow sort of thing. Yeah, sure. Right now you could do that. They're going to be pretty shit. Like frankly, a human, a human can still do it better. Every update human, is getting slapped by it too. Yeah. A human can use AI to help them with that task. Absolutely. And they should, right? Um, but writing blog posts, uh, writing unique product descriptions, uh, these are all time consuming. I mean, that might be part of product uploading for you. Copywriting, yeah, for sure. Sales writing, um, writing emails or helping you at least edit AI generated mm -hmm. emails um, and loading them into your email marketing system. Uh, like these are, if you want to do any sort of volume in those things, once again, you should be the person who sets the SEO strategy for your business. And in the beginning, you might write some of the content, particularly like just to get that ball rolling and get it happening. And you might actually be one of the small percentage of people who are a really fantastic writer as well, in which case, great, but it's still a time consuming thing to do. Like yeah. how long does it take you to write a 1000 word blog post? For most people that actually takes like hours to write a good one, if they can even write a good one, even with time, some people can't do that. So you're nuts if you don't outsource content produ production at some point. Uh, and it's really easy. You can go to somewhere like ProBlogger right now and hire somebody who has written content in your exact industry, probably for the types of products that you sell. So a lot of the time, you don't even have to train them on your industry, on your customer avatar or anything like that, because you can actually find like, 
there's content about pretty much everything out there, right? So you can find those people right now and hire them like on a piece rate, like X amount of dollars per article sort of thing. It's there right now. And so once again, if, if writing stuff is a barrier to you getting the content on your website, I mean, written content is the easiest one to solve. But if you're in video content, let's say you shouldn't be editing all your own videos. You can outsource that whole, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I John's talking to himself right now. But no, but our shorts and stuff like that, yeah, I, mean, yeah. I don't do that. Um, and so, yeah, you know, all sorts of, there's all other forms of content and, you know, you could have people help you with the production of that. You yeah. could have, have people help you with the editing of that uh, because it's all fairly time consuming stuff. And so I think that's, uh, other than the things you mentioned, that's, that's the biggest no brainer for me. We could do a podcast on the, I don't know how that writing didn't pop into my head. I've heard a lot of writers in my <laughs> <Yeah>. day. I <laughs> uh, certainly love SEO. You might want to put a training in the course too and directly how each of us hire because it's going to be different, right? Uh, for the pet site that I have, we hired a veterinarian. We found her on Upwork. She mm -hmm. does a wonderful job, but I'm still out there finding all the keywords, right? Yeah. Or I'm working with Ben, um, who will soon be part of Dropship Breakthrough here to find those keywords so that we get the article right. Like, hey, we need we need this as the main keyword. Here's all the supporting keywords. If you can just include all this, great, that's it. Or we'll have to go in after we're done and ninja stuff some of the words that need to be included in that article, right? And then we use something like originality.ai to make sure that writer isn't just using ChatGPT to write an article so we can make sure it's original. And we're using Surfer to make sure it's containing the right keywords and the right volume and just making sure it's good for SEO. Like there's a lot of tools, there's a lot of process involved, but nothing more important than simply putting up the job title so that we get the right people to apply in the first place. So I'm a big Upwork guy. Obviously, you said ProBlogger. I think there's just lots of places you could hire writers. There is, but absolutely. Yep. I don't know how I didn't, how I didn't think of that one. That's, <laughs> you know, I, I, I yeah. hired it early on. I hired Leanna Patch. I bought yeah. her days to do it at Paramount Pet Health, and then I brought her on as a business partner, and now we're hiring a vet. And we hired another lady on Upwork who gets Leanna's humor and can write in the way Leanna writes on that, on that website. Uh, I've also hired an agency recently who wrote me like 70 articles that are, they're okay. Um, they need some fixing too, right? And so I've made some good, bad, uh, and, and you know, somewhere in the middle hires on that process. And maybe that's something we should put a training on in the course of, here's what hiring looks like. And, and you know, now that we have a bunch of coaches too, we could get, how did you hire? Walk you through there, you know what I mean? And show different ways of doing this because there's not one perfect way for sure. There's a one perfect way for you. Honestly though, you just need to go do it and find out what you did wrong and then iterate and do it again. Thanks for listening to the Dropship Podcast. You can find all the show notes for this episode at dropshippodcast.com. And if you're ready to take the next step in your dropshipping journey, we invite you to join us inside Dropship Breakthrough, where John and I will walk you through step-by-step -step in starting your own high-ticket dropshipping e-commerce business. But that's not all. Dropship Breakthrough will also teach you everything you'll need to know to grow your business and take it to the next level. So head over to dropshipbreakthrough.com and sign up for our free training that will help you take the first steps towards building and growing your own profitable high-ticket dropshipping business.